What's up, everybody, and welcome to another Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, joined by Jeff Lloyd, the outstanding host of Locked On Browns, and we are here to get you ready for Bills and Browns on Sunday, a big Week 11 matchup for both teams. Can't wait to talk it through with my guy, Jeff Lloyd, but before we get there, Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. There's no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It is that easy. We love prize picks and we know that you will too. We actually have a deal for you. First time users, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Jeff, what's going on, my guy? We've been knowing each other for a number of years, and uh, it's really fun to see us both as part of this Locked On Podcast Network and, of course, getting a chance to talk about uh, this football game on Sunday. What's up, dude? Uh, hey, number one, it's been a long time, obviously, Joe, and you know, definitely have a history. And it was actually kind of funny the way the schedule fell. Um, got to sit down with Kyle last week, obviously getting to sit down with you here this week, uh, you know, basically, you know, reuniting and, you know, obviously a lot of change, you know, for both of us, you know, in our lives here uh, as far as content. And I'm, we're all extremely happy and pleased to be a part of the Lockdown Network. Um, it's It's been crazy to this point, Joe, for the Browns, because if you, you know, didn't see any footage of any game this year, and they basically handed you a statistical output for the Browns offense to this point. And thinking and knowing what you thought the Cleveland Browns defense was going to be this year, even knowing it was Jacoby Brissett, you'd be like, wow, Browns probably got to have a winning record. And this is going to look really good when Deshaun Watson comes walking back into the building. Not so fast, my friends, in the words of Chris Berman. Um, it's just been really difficult on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the Browns have tried to scotch tape the defensive tackle position. That's probably the best term I can use. And this isn't really just been an issue since Andrew Barry's been here. It's been an issue since I've been covering this team in 2017. Um, and this year, it's really starting to come to, you know, just a point of big, big time. Um, he drafted Jordan Elliott three years ago. Jordan Elliott, and, you know, we have fans coming to us. What do you mean? I see him. He made plays. He's in the backfield. Well, yeah, when you jump out of your gap and you give up your alignment, you may be free in the field, but it doesn't matter. Um, year two player Tommy Togiai, it's been difficult. It's it's been really really difficult. Uh, I, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be a guy that could at least anchor down, you know, hold his spot, free up linebackers. No, he's getting pushed off the ball. He's getting pushed into the linebackers, disrupting their paths. Um, you know, Perrion Winfrey was the rookie this year. I know you were pretty high on Perry and Winfrey. Um, problem with Perrion Winfrey is it, it seems it's a maturity issue. It's a you know, are you in or not? And it's already been a couple of strikes against Perrion Winfrey this year, which doesn't look good. And I think this team is a little bit discouraged on the defensive side of the ball. Once one thing goes wrong, it seems like it just becomes a snowball domino effect. They had a really solid outing against the Cincinnati Bengals, started hot early, had the confidence, and were able to keep it. Um, it's just not been the case, though. I mean, one little crack, one little miscue, and it seems everybody kind of seems to forget what they're doing, for, uh, you know, lose track of their assignments, you know, lose their integrity to playing their role within the scheme. It's been it's been rough, and now we're at this odd patch where there's two weeks, two games left before Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, the Browns desperately need these two games. I mean, if you say it's going to be five and six, and Deshaun Watson's walking in the door, I think mm -hmm. you got a puncher's chance. If you don't, 
then you basically bring in Deshaun Watson in saying, hey, work off the two years of rust. We got a lot of other players to evaluate here you know, over the next six games. So it's a really, really difficult and weird spot for the Browns, and you're going into probably the toughest opponent of the season. So not a good recipe right now, Joe. None at all. You know, Jeff, it's interesting because as I studied the Browns this week in, in anticipation of obviously talking about them quite a bit, I was very surprised by the offensive metrics when you're talking about a top five, number five overall in terms of total offense and a top 10 scoring offense. But then, like you said, they're defensively, they're giving up the second most points per game in the NFL. And uh, I, I I was very um, surprised with the defensive tackles that they decided to roll out there this year and kind of betting on young players developing. And it just kind of hasn't happened to this point at that position group. So uh, we'll see if that can be fixed this season uh, or if it's more of an offseason priority for Cleveland. But as I uh, take this conversation from the Bills lens and, and you know consider what the biggest story for the Buffalo Bills is for this football game, I think it's very, very simple. Can the Bills take care of the football on offense? Can they stop turning it over? The Bills are 6-3. and three. They have three losses by a combined eight points. The Bills are also turning over the football at the highest rate of any team in the NFL. Jeff, 19% of the time, the Bills take an offensive possession. They turn it over. That's crazy. That's 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 just not a, a winning recipe. And and the thing about the Bills is they're very they're a very good football team in terms of metrically where they look offensively and defensively. And I I certainly think that they're fully capable of of making a deep postseason run this year, but they're going to have to find a way to do a better job of taking care of the football. They literally, I mean, just don't be the worst team in the NFL at turning it over. The last two years, they were middle of the pack, I think 14th last year and in, in 18th the previous year. So we have a good sample size of the Bills on offense not turning over the ball with, with this level of consistency, and so that has to change. They have to get back to being – a reasonable team in terms of taking care of the football. I think what might be good for them this week is going up against a Cleveland defense that really hasn't gotten turnovers, right? Only three interceptions on the season uh, and only eight total takeaways so far this year. Only 8% of their drives on defense result in a takeaway. That's fifth lowest in the NFL. So the, the funny thing about that is it was kind of true about the Jets as well and even the Packers, two teams that didn't turn over or didn't take away the football. The Bills still find a way to give up the ball. And so um, it's been sometimes fumbles. It's been some really strange Josh Allen interceptions. There's There's been a number of contributing factors, but the Bills have got to do a better job of taking care of the football. And that has to start this week against Cleveland, a defense that really hasn't created a whole lot of takeaways. No, they have not. And um, normally, you know, a lot of those takeaways would come from the edge rushers. At least that was the the plan when you put, you know, Jadavian Clowney back in here again this year with Miles Garrett. And, you know, for the Browns, that's something that's also kind of been an issue. You know, Jadavian Clowney last year at $8 million was a nice value have. Jadavian Clowney this year at $14 million, not performing at the level that he was in 2021. Um, so there's, you know, some a player that the Browns were relying highly on to be a contributor on this defense. Um, yeah, there's been missed time, but you know, I don't think anybody's going to ever, you know, f feel discouraged. I mean, Stadavian Clowney, he's always been a player that's missed time, but last year, you know, he was on the field more was certainly more active 
with more production. And these are things that have just been really difficult for this team to overcome because with Jacoby Brissett, you've asked him to play, don't lose the game. We're not necessarily going to ask you to win the game. And there's been certain scenarios and weeks where they've done just that. And they've put him in a position to try and win the game. His body style is slow. His dropbacks are slow. His release is slow. His accuracy, his arm strength are fantastic. Um, but you see some things over a long period of time that maybe hold him back and why he is in that 28 to 35 range as far as starting quarterbacks in the NFL. He's exceeded expectations, but this defense, it's been a sieve. You have a defensive coordinator, Yao, in year three. He had better defenses in 2020 when we were talking about players with the likes of the names of Andrew Sandejo. Um, they just can't seem to get it right on the defensive side of the ball. Major changes are coming, but you know they still have a chance here to evaluate some guys closing out the season, some younger guys at the linebacker position. Sione Takitaki is a guy that's going to be a you know contract decision. Uh, Grant Delpit, there's times where he's not great. There's times where he's pretty good. It's just been really, really difficult here. And, and again, you know, you're going against a team in a game like this with the Buffalo Bills, who um, are probably highly agitated and aggravated right now with, you know, leaving some, you know, obvious, you know, like you said, three losses, eight total points. Those are tough pills to swallow. And you know, this is a buzzsaw that could be going into here even worse than last week. Well, Jeff and I are going to dive into the matchups that we think can decide the game here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're looking to pop the question, have a milestone to celebrate, or want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. And what I also love about Blue Nile is they have jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. You can shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped for free in discreet packaging, and they also have that overnight shipping if you're in a rush. Make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, code locked on. Getting stuck in Black Friday crowds? Super uncomfortable. Shopping Tommy John's Black Friday sale from your couch? Super duper comfortable. When you can give your loved ones Tommy John, they're that much more comfortable so they can do everything better. Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, with brand new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. With over 18, 18, not eight, 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. I love wearing my Tommy John because it is so comfortable. In fact, every pair is backed by Tommy John's Best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. So shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale going on right now and get 30% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. That's 30% off everything right now at TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. See site for details. 
We welcome everybody back. Crossover Thursday, Locked On Bills. I know how much you guys all love Joe Marino, the Locked On Browns podcast. I am the host. I'm sorry, I'm one of two hosts, myself and Garrett Bush. I am Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lord. Make sure you're following. Of course, make sure you're following Joe uh, on all platforms as well. Um, it's it's going to be a fun one here this week. Um, and Joe and I, have we've been talking a little bit here, I know everybody's hearing so much about the weather um, the current state seems like the that'll be the after effects by Sunday. And the question is going to be, you know, uh, can a lot of these Bills fans who travel actually get into Buffalo that weekend for the game? Um, so we'll see the way that all plays out. Um, we're going to get here now to, you know, some of the biggest matchups. And, you know, you talk about this Bills offense and, you know, Josh Allen. And, you know, last week there were concerns about the elbow. I think he alleviated a lot of those concerns with his play on Sunday. Uh, you know, freakish fumble, of course, you know, the way that one unfolded on Sunday, you know, leading to, uh, you know, the Bills losing that game. For the Browns, this is it, – it's it's going to be – it's different schematically, but you look at the Bills and you look at an elite receiver, a player like Stephon Diggs. Um, Gabe Davis, just an absolute vertical threat. Uh, Dawson Knox, great, great player. And it's kind of interesting for the Browns because last week, the thing we were going into, the biggest focus was Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. Um, but when you broke down what those two players did, that wasn't the difference in the ball game. I mean, the Browns, for what they did against Hill and, and Waddle, you would have said, hey, we'll sign up for this right now, today. I think we can handle cover and everything else. But it came down to the running game. And just getting destroyed again. And as much as and as great as Stephon Diggs is and Josh Allen is special, those aren't the matchups for me. They're not. The matchups are the simplicity of being able to play run defense. And when you have a player who had been with the Dolphins for, I think it was eight days, nine days, and Jeff Wilson, and looking like he had been there for three years, just absolute gaping holes that you could take a stretch limo through. Um, there was a touch. Uh, Browns went for a fourth down late in the game. It didn't matter. Didn't get it. Jeff Wilson was on the right hash mark. There were four Cleveland Brown players to the left side of that hash mark and one Buffalo Bill blocker. Not only did Jeff Wilson score, he was untouched. Untouched. Had four possible defenders. It's, it's hard. And look, you can say all the things and, hey, we don't have – uh, you know, we, we, there's not much we can lose at this point. Go all out. Well, well those are great. But to, to not be able to to give an effort in the run game, it comes down to like what's inside of you. You know, it's it's very, very difficult. It's hard. You know you're going to get pounded as a linebacker. You know there's plays where you're going to have to absorb blocking from a 330-pound guy because that is your job. But when guys don't do the simplest things they're asked for, asked to do, it makes just for so many deeper issues. So for me, it's not the offensive side of the ball, although Buffalo does have some great pass rushers and the Browns' offensive line was poor last week. There's no way around it. They were poor last week, and that does scare me. But for me, if you can't stop teams from running the ball in the NFL, Joe, it's over before it even started because if you can run the ball successfully on your opponent, you control the game play, you control pace, you control how many opportunities the other – you know, team has the ball. Similarly, you watch the Monday night game. It's really tough for an Eagles offense to get into a groove when you're not on the field. So for the Browns, it's simple. You know, I don't care if it's Singletary. I know Hines is there now. I absolutely a huge, huge fan of James Cook. But this Browns defense, you've got to want it. You've got to give some effort. Because if it's just going to continue to happen this week, it's Deshaun Watson isn't going to change anything because there's not too much he can do when you're giving up 13, 14 play, 14, 13, 14 play drives 
because the team is just absolutely gouging you. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned Deshaun Watson, and and I watched him play elite quarterback play, right? His last season in Houston, he was an elite player, played quarterback as good as anybody in the NFL. The team won four games, right? So if, if you think wins are a quarterback stat, I, I point you to the 20, was it the 2020 Houston Texans? And, and that's a, a completely different story. Uh, Jeff, you're, you're not going to be surprised to find this out, but if you look at my notes here under matchups, Bill's rushing offense versus Brown's defense is what I have down. And then I have three more things written down. Stick with the run. They have a bad interior defensive line. Small linebackers go after them, right? That that that's what the Bills have to do. And it's it's kind of crazy. Like like you said, there we're talking about an offense that has Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And, and to me, this is really going to come down to the Bills' ability to run the football. And what's interesting about this matchup is. I don't think the Bills or many people would look at the Bills and say that's a very good rushing offense. Now, I know that they get production, and I think they're the only team in the NFL this year to rush for over 100 yards in every single game, but we all know a big part of that is Josh Allen, to which I say, good, right? You That's that's a part of your run game. Let's not act like those runs don't matter from Josh Allen, and I know that a lot of them are scrambles, but in a game like this where it could be cold and breezy and maybe even some snow during the game I think you want to unleash your 250 pound quarterback against a Browns defense that has had tackling issues and has had run fit issues and has an, a defensive line in terms of the interior that I think that you should be able to handle it's a Browns team that's given up 4.8 yards per carry this year that's fifth highest in the NFL and so while Josh Allen throwing the football is your bread and butter that's why you win football games this is the type of game where you need to embrace rushing the football. And, and Jeff, they've had some good moments running the football lately. They've kind of uh, adjusted their scheme to be more gap-oriented. But the problem has been a lack of commitment to it, particularly in the second half of football games, where the Bills are up by three possessions uh, against Minnesota last week. And, and James Cook didn't have a rushing, ha- a rushing attempt in the second half of the game. And I think – Devin Singletary had nine in the first half and maybe four in the second half. You got away from it, right? And you go back to the Jets. They're winning 14-3. to three. Again, not a, a, enough of a commitment to running the football and, and really kind of milking some clock and being a little bit more of a clock control team in the second half. And, and the Bills are an aggressive team, and, and that's normally a good thing. But I think they have to learn to be – um, a little bit more calculated later in games to hang on to their leads and make it more difficult on on the the opponents by you just kind of milking some more clock and being able to control the football uh, in terms of time of possession in the second half because that hasn't been happening lately. So I'm interested to see the commitment that they'll have in this game. They may have to be just by way of the weather and, and how the game script might go. Um, but obviously that's that's a certainly a, on the forefront of my mind as we we consider this game and then you know, the other side of that is, hey, Nick Chubb plays for the Cleveland Browns, and I think he's the best running back in football. I don't think it's very close. Uh, one of the most nuanced runners I've ever seen with my own eyes. Uh, the yards after contact is just exceptional. And I just, I mean, his ability to navigate space, his his uh, body composition, the low center of gravity. I mean, good Lord. you. I mean, I, I talk about a nightmare to have to tackle in 20-degree weather with breezy conditions, right? That's, that's that's a load. That's not the guy you want to see on the other side of the line. And so uh, the Browns have a physical offensive line. Obviously, Wyatt Teller's availability in this game is going to matter a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, look, the Browns, I'm sure, are going to want to run the football against the Bills, and, 
and they got the best running back in the NFL. So that's definitely something on the other side of things that gives me a lot of concern. Um, and as of the time of this recording, um, Wyatt Taylor did take the practice field on Wednesday. So I'm assuming, you know, for the Browns, you get in a full week of practice. They give you oppor- every opportunity to play. Jeremiah Usukoromoa also returned to practice today. Um, David Njoku's the key as far as injuries. And with the Browns, even if you practice Friday, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. JOK was involved a little bit on Friday last week. The Browns still held them out. They've been a team that's always kind of been cautious with this. So, hey, you tell me you're 80% and you're ready to go. Okay, we'll see you next week when you're closer to about 90, 95, and we feel more confident putting you out there. Uh, we've gotten two, you know, obviously big storylines with the Bills and the Browns. Certainly some matchups here that Joe and I have our eyes on. We're going to get to some predictions here. Uh, appreciate you all for joining us here on Crossover Thursday. Make sure that you continue to follow the programs on your favorite podcast app, of course, on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe with those notifications on so when the content drops, you all are ready there to consume it. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet- on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, Jeff, I feel like I start this segment every week on these crossover Thursdays <laughs> by saying something along the lines of, well, damn, they make us do a score prediction for the game. And and it's it's always kind of challenging. I'm I'm sometimes not ready to do that, you know, as we um, record these on Wednesdays, the first sure. real practice day of the week. You don't know the the injury situation for for the both teams. Um, but we we gotta do what we gotta do here, Jeff. So as I Consider the way I think this game is going to go. Um, I'll, I'll give you my prediction, then I'll give you my justification. I think the Bills win this game 27 to 20. And when I think about why I think the Bills will win this game, it, it does stem a lot from uh, the Bills have lost two in a row. And there's maybe some people out there that didn't think they'd lose two games all year. And uh, <laughs> hand up for Jeff Lloyd for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube. Um, and so – I think the vulnerability has come in the form of the turnovers. Well, we talked about this at the opening. We're not talking about a Browns team that has done well to take away the football. And and I think that the Bills have learned their lesson, right? I mean, could you imagine what those conversations are like right now in those offensive meetings with Coach McDermott and and Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen? And like, hey, hey guys, uh, chill, take care of the football, right? Like, you have to believe that there's a, a, a correction coming here. And the the biggest reason that I have hope for that is, like I said, I have a two-year sample size of the Bills being okay and not turning over the football, where they're not the league's worst. So I think they're going to take care of the football reasonably well in this game. Uh, they're at home. Uh, I think the Bills uh, have a real opportunity to run the football and be a very two-dimensional threat against Cleveland and, and you know, a run defense that has struggled for the Browns and in a passing offense for Buffalo that's been very good. And I think you can really stress the uh, Browns suspect defense in a, in a number of ways. I think the Bills clearly have the quarterback advantage of this this game. And while the, the Browns have had some success on offense, they've you know, certainly moved the ball in their top 10 in scoring. I think if this comes down to a situation where the Bills are ahead and the, and the Browns kind of have to chase the game script a little bit and rely on Jacoby Brissett to kind of bring them back in the game, 
I like the Bills' chances in this game. A hungry team at home that's just lost two in a row. Give me the Bills 27 to 20. Um, I actually like your prediction very much. Um, again, uh, this early in the week, this being here on Wednesday, for me doing this, the difficulty is maybe not so much also the injury report this week. It's what the weather's ultimately going to be on Sunday. And the key is it's going to be it's going to come down to wind. If we get in a situation where teams, both teams feel that the passing game is going to be hampered, obviously the advantages go up for the Cleveland Browns. They do. Yeah. You know, well, if Nick Chubb will get more than 18 carries because now there's a hypothesis that apparently once he hits the 18 mark, Nick Chubb isn't as <laughs> productive as he is in the first 18 carries. You still have Kareem Hunt. Uh, you still have a player like Darius Johnson. So if the Browns got in a situation where they had to run the ball more than 40 times, that probably wouldn't be the worst scenario in the world. Plus, if they achieve that number, it would mean they were accumulating first downs and they were picking up mm -hmm. yards and moving chains. Um, a chance to shorten the game, certainly a chance to be more advantageous to the Browns. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing the effort last week on the defensive side of the ball and saying, all right, well, one week later, we're just going to go up to Buffalo and we'll find a way to walk out of there with a victory. I mean, I, I've done this to myself a couple of times this season already. Um, you know, the defense started to look good against the Baltimore Ravens, um, still lost that game. Defense looked really good against the Cincinnati Bengals. Then you get a bye week and you get your absolute doors blown off by the Dolphins. Uh, I, I, I just don't see a scenario where they win. Um, and so if we have to take this, you know, basically where we are at now, where we think nothing should be a factor, because we won't know truly until Sunday anyway, I think the Browns lose by double digits because it's a game and this was always going to be a game. For Jacoby Brissett, it was always going to be a game where you were basically going to ask, and this is what it is with the Josh Allens of the world, the Patrick Mahomeses of the world. It nobody wants to say it's quarterback versus quarterback. It's what it comes down to, and usually the best one that day wins these games. The Browns are going in there with Jacoby Brissett, good player. He's been really, really good for them. He really has. He's not going to go out there and duel with Josh Allen and win a game in Buffalo. And the Browns' defense has compromised and is screwed up as they are right now. This is a game they usually lose by double digits, Joe. Um, and if that's the case, it, it, it's going to be rough because then it's Tampa at home, and then we're going to start basically this whole, which almost feels like it's going to be like a, you know, like like the fantasy football toilet bowl. Like when your team doesn't go to the fantasy playoffs, that's what the next six games will be with Deshaun Watson. They might look really good over the six weeks, but it's not going to matter as far as 2022 is concerned. The Browns absolutely have this game, have to have this game. There's no way around it. And I give it about a 0.00001% chance of happening because I just don't see this team basically circling the wagons and, and, and finding whatever has been wrong through the first nine games. Well, I have a, a thought and a question for you. Uh, the thought is, like you mentioned, the weather could play a factor here. And, and if you're a Browns fan, you are uh, doing your snow dance, right? You want as much weather as possible. What was the old thing? Pajamas inside out or something, right? What, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is, you want it. Um, because that's that's all bets are off if we get a snow game. All bets are off. And, and um, like, <laughs> you know what I think about Nick Chubb and the problems that that rushing offense can create. And, and the Bills, I think, are a – Decent run defense. They've been good at times this year. They, you know, they certainly gave up a long one to Dalvin Cook. They got exposed a little bit against the Packers and Jets, but for the most part, they played good run defense this year. 
Snow, that offensive line, that running back, uh, that's that's where you really increase your level of concern from the Bills side of things. But the, the last thing I wanted to, to to mention here is, you know, I just want to make that point about look, if it's if it snows, that's good for Cleveland. Oh, that's her off, yes. It sounds to me like when you're talking about this Browns team, Jeff, as I've listened to you here for you know almost a half an hour and, and hearing a lot of commentary from you, it sounds like a lack of leadership. I mean, is that pretty fair? Like you're talking about effort. You're talking about per- perpetual issues. Is it a, who are the guys, right? Like who are your who are your guys that that are your step up guys that hold people accountable? Because that that's what I'm hearing from you. You know, we we take away the talent or whatever, but like it sounds like there's some leadership issues here. I, I would say that's definitely true on the defensive side of the ball. I think a player like Joel Batoni on the offensive side of the ball, Nick Chubb on the offensive side of the yeah. ball. Granted, they're not the most vocal, loud, point finger in a face type of guys. But they are the, you know, follow me, I will lead. That's fine. Defensively, look, as much as you love Miles Garrett, and he doesn't have to be. He just doesn't. Look, if you're a superstar in this league, it doesn't matter if you're the true leader. And he's tried. And even he said after the last game, and he had a direct quote of, it doesn't matter if you're ready to run through a brick wall if you have no idea what direction you're headed to. Mm -hmm. So you either take that as a shot on the coaching staff, or me personally, I take a shot as his teammates. That's basically saying to me, we got guys who aren't doing their assignments. So either they don't know or when they're getting gashed by the running game and you know guys try to sell out and you, you may miss an assignment because you say, you know what, it's first and 10. If I can somehow blow it up it's and it's second and 13, we feel more comfortable with the team throwing the ball than we do running the ball. But you do that, then you, you know, and you don't make the play. Guess what? You know, you, you missed a tackle in the backfield. Now it's second and two, second and one, and the cycle repeats itself. The secondary, I, there's really nobody there either. You know, John Johnson says a lot of things um, and speaks well, but on the field, it doesn't look. Um, and it started probably, you know, uh, Anthony Walker was probably the guy. He was probably the guy. And we know what Anthony Walker and his reputation in this league, Darius Leonard, Coast linebacker, basically credits most of his success in this league to a player like DeAnthony, to Anthony Walker. Sorry, folks, but Browns have a DeAnthony Bell, a De- an Anthony Walker. They have a David Bell. There's a lot of crisscrossing there. <laughs> But that is, it's. It, there's no doubt. There's, there's no question. And, and normally, you know, those kind of are your interior guys. You know, your interior defensive linemen, because those are the ones saying, "Hey, I'm getting run over by 650 pounds of dude," to make sure you guys get to do your job. You know, so those are normally the ones that everybody, you know, say, you know, like you don't say anything, you don't point it that direction because you knew they're doing the heavy lifting, the heavy work. There just really isn't. You know, there's a lot of rah rah when a play is made. But as far as, you know, hey, young guy misses a play, you don't see somebody come over, throw an arm around them, you know, kind of get in the ear a little bit, say, hey, this is where you were wrong, this, that, and the other thing. Pick it up, kid. You're going to be all right. No, there's not a lot of leadership on this Browns defense. And I think it's also a Browns defense that realizes that, you know, the relationship they have with their defensive coordinator, it's kind of like, you know, the wife and the husband who give it one more try, you know, for the kid's sake when everybody knows the marriage is over. Um, so it's just really been difficult. I, I think it's a scheme they don't have faith in. I think it's a team that on the defensive side of the ball lacks leadership. And it's certainly, you know, they understand that the end is near um, with their time with Joe, Joe Woods, which makes it really, really even harder, again, to make you think that a rally is coming from these guys. Well, Jeff, I, I certainly enjoyed this conversation. I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. Uh, for everyone out there, thank you so much for making Locked On Browns and Locked On Bills your first listen every day. We certainly look forward to coming back for you again tomorrow, but uh, we always do kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. 
enjoy the rest of your day and and uh, we'll be back on our respective podcasts for you tomorrow.